0: Good evening and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weeknight at this time on KKLA to lift up the name of Jesus Christ so that the entire world might believe. Sharing the gospel is our number one goal and the reason we are here. Dudley Rutherford is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, located right here in Los Angeles. During these days of uncertainty, we believe this is the perfect time to turn off what the world wants to tell us and immerse ourselves in what God has to say to us through the Holy Bible. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us tonight.
1: Today, uh, our encounter takes place, this is John chapter 21, after, I want everybody to say the word after, John 21 takes place after the resurrection. Takes place after the resurrection. And it's concerning one of the main characters in the New Testament. Jesus, of course, is the main character in the New Testament. Paul would probably be the second main character in the New Testament. But the third main character in the New Testament would have to be Peter. John chapter 21, two of my favorite statements in the whole Bible. One was when Peter, John 21 verse 3 says, I'm going fishing. How many of you know when you go fishing, that's a good day? Peter says, I'm going fishing. Everybody say, I'm going fishing. Don't you just feel better saying that? And then Jesus in verse 12, John chapter 21, says, Let's have breakfast. That's a good day. I remember when I was back in high school, I was on a high school basketball team, and our point guard, uh, his name was Mike Souders. And Mike and I still stay in touch today, all these years later. He, he was a good point guard. And, uh, when we were about 16 years of age, Mike's dad took me and Mike to fish it. We went fishing down to Table Rock Lake uh, outside of Branson, Missouri. Some of the best fishing in the country down there. And I remember fishing all day long. If you've never fished all day and you've been outside in the sun all day long, it will wear you out. But I remember when we would go to bed at night, man, we'd, we'd go to sleep just like that. But every morning in that little cabin next to the lake... I would wake up to the smell and to the sound. His dad got up before us and was fixing us a homemade breakfast. I mean, you could hear the bacon sizzling in the, in the pan and the eggs were frying. And he was stirring the potatoes and he had coffee on the grill. And I just remember waking up and smelling all that and hearing all that and thinking to myself, I might be in heaven. And be- because of that memory was etched in my mind back when I was 16 years of age. Fishing and eating breakfast sounds like a perfect day to me. I will tell you that fishing and eating breakfast with Jesus is a perfect day. But not for reasons that I've told you, at least not yet. You see, this face-to-face encounter with Peter is important because it has to do with giving Peter a second chance in life. How many of you are thankful that God gave you a second chance in life? I want to tell you, we're going to talk about John chapter 21, but before I tell you John chapter 21, you've kind of got to know the backstory. You've got to know the history of Peter in the New Testament. John 21 really doesn't mean much to you if you don't know the story of Peter. It begins in Matthew chapter 4. Peter was one of the first disciples that Jesus called. Going all the way back to the beginning of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 4, the Bible says that Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and his brother... Are you with me? I don't hear you. Simon called and his brother... Andrew And they were casting a net into the lake for these guys were fishermen. That's what they did for a living. They'd probably been fishing their whole life. They probably grew up on that lake. And Jesus turns to them in verse 19 and says, this is where Peter is called. It's at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Come follow me, Jesus said. He said, hey, fellas, leave those nets, leave those boats, leave that occupation, what you've known your whole life, and come and follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. And the Bible says in verse 20, at once they left their nets and they followed after Jesus. Peter was one of the first disciples that Jesus called. And so then the next three years, I mean for the next three years of his life, Peter spent every wake, waking moment with Jesus. Three years of his life following Jesus. Three years of his life listening to Jesus. Three years of his life helping Jesus. Three years he was in the inner circle with Jesus. They were like this. He was a part of the posse. He was part of the gang, part of the chosen, one of the twelve. He saw all the miracles. He heard all the parables. He participated in all the traveling. He listened to all of the teachings You go through those three years, you go all the way through the book of Matthew, you get to the very end of Matthew, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 26, this is right before Jesus goes to the cross. This is like the last week of Jesus' life, right before he goes to the cross. Peter has spent three years with Jesus, and now they're in this room called the upper room, and they're having supper They're participating in what's called the Lord's Supper, which is what we did here today. And here's how this story happens. Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be what? Scattered. He says, After I have risen and peter never even heard verse 32 jesus said after i've been risen i'll meet you in galilee but peter never heard those words all peter heard was up there in verse 34 or verse yeah verse 31 where he said all of you will fall away that's all peter heard because when you come down to verse 33 peter said lord even if everyone falls away on account of you i never will he looks Jesus right in the face and he makes a vow. He makes a promise. He commits that he will never, ever fall away. And the Lord, he looks over at Peter and he says, Peter, 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 I'll tell you the truth. This very night, before the rooster crows, have you ever attended our passion play? We have this scene, it's up here. And they play that sound of the rooster. I asked them to roll that. I want you to hear what that rooster sound. Here's the rooster. Listen to it. That's the rooster. You want to hear it again? Play that rooster one more time. Okay, so they're in the upper room. Peter has spent three years with Jesus. The Lord says, you're all going to fall away. Peter says, Lord, I promise you I'll never, I'll never fall away. And Jesus said there in verse 34, look at it. I tell you the truth this very night before the rooster crow what does that mean before the rooster crows well when does the rooster crow well the rooster crows when the sun comes up and so what he's saying is peter this very before the sun comes up in the morning you will disown me not once not twice but three times and peter when he hears that and you have to remember this verse or you won't get anything out of john chapter 21 But Peter said these words, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Turn over to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. Luke was a doctor. What do you know about doctors? They're very precise. They take good notes. So the doctor Luke records in detail what happened that very night. Before the rooster crowed. All right, watch. This is Luke chapter 22. They led Jesus away and they took him into the house of the high priest. He's going to go on trial. Peter followed at a distance. But when they had kindled a fire, and if you see this little table up here, there was a courtyard. Jesus was inside the high priest, and they they started up this little fire. They had a little fire pit there, and he's kind of like, you know, it's right there. The Bible says, uh, when they had kindled a fire, everybody say, kindled a fire remember that remember that say it one more time because that's going to come back in john chapter 21 when they kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard they sat down together peter sat down with them verse 56 a servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight the, 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 she could see his face the fire it was kind of like like that little girl looks at him little teenage girl servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight She looked closely at him. She said, this man, this man was with him. But he denied it. He said, woman, I don't know him, he said. Verse 58. A little later, someone else saw him. Said, hey, 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 you're one of them. Man, I'm not, Peter replied. Verse 59. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, verse 60, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. Look at verse 61. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And Peter remembered the word that the Lord had spoken to him before the rooster crows today. You will disown me three times. And verse 62 says that he went outside and he wept bitterly. Peter swore that he would never forsake God. And the Lord said this very night before the rooster crows, You will deny me three times. And sure enough, not once, not twice, but three times. He denies the Lord. And the rooster crows. Jesus is arrested. He's put on trial he's crucified, he's buried, he's placed in an empty tomb. And as far as Peter is concerned, he, Peter, he blew it. He broke his promise to Jesus. And as far as he knows, he will never ever see Jesus again. How many times, think about it, have we made a promise to the Lord and broken that promise? You know the feeling, but imagine How bad Peter must have felt after telling Jesus to his face that he'd never forsake the Lord, and yet he does forsake the Lord, and now Jesus is gone, and Peter is thinking to himself that he's probably going to have to live with that guilt for the rest of his life. Now turn to John chapter 21. Ooh, John chapter 21. I love the last few words of verse 1, where John says, it happened this way look at verse 2 you have all the backstory now here's what here's here's you should be able to understand verse 2 Simon Peter everybody say Peter that's the first guy Thomas called Didymus that's not P Diddy that's T Diddy that's what they called him that's what they called him T Diddy Simon Peter T Diddy Nathaniel from Canaan, Galilee, the sons, there were two of them, so that'd make five, the sons of Zebedee. And then the Bible says there were two other disciples. So there were seven of them all together. And they're there by the sea. And Peter says in verse three, I'm going out to fish. And they said, Peter, we'll go with you. So they went out, they went out, And the Bible says, now this is important, did they get into one boat or did they get into two boats? So all seven of them, not a very big boat, all seven of them got into one boat, and they went out and they went fishing all night long, and the Bible tells us exactly how many fish they caught. The Bible says they caught nothing. Now typically on the Sea of Galilee, you would not go fishing at nighttime, because at nighttime the fish go down deep. If you would go fishing at nighttime, you would take two boats, and you would get a net that would that was like a was called a drag net. It would go way, 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 way down deep, and you'd, you'd you'd connect it to the two boats, and you would pull that that deep net through the water. That's not what they did. They got into one boat. They probably had one little net. Why would they go Why would they go fishing at nighttime if you can't really catch any fish at night? Well, we don't know perhaps you know if you're going to sell fish at the market in the morning you've got to fish at night maybe maybe they they just maybe they couldn't sleep but I think the main reason they went out and went fishing because they didn't have anything else to do that's all they knew how to do yes the trauma of Jesus being arrested and brutally killed and and buried is now in the past yes they knew they knew that he had resurrected by this point but they had already deserted Jesus once They'd already broken that trust. They'd already damaged that relationship. They're probably wondering, what are we going to do now? And not knowing the next steps, they return to what was familiar to them. They go right back to fishing, right back to the occupation they were doing before they met Jesus. And then the Bible says this in verse 4, early in the morning, they'd been fishing all night long. Jesus stood on the shore. Who was on the shore? Jesus was on the shore. The disciples did not realize that it was him. He called out to them, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they answered. He said in verse 6, why don't you throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, the Bible says they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. And that is why you should always want to go fishing with Jesus. Look at verse 7. Disciples whom Jesus loved, that would be John. He turns to Peter. He says, Peter, you know who that is over there on that shore? Peter said, who? He said, it's the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and he jumped into the water and he traveled about 100 yards and looked down at verse 9. When they landed, they saw a fire burning with coals and the phrase that is used for this fire in John chapter 21 is the exact same phrase that's used back in that passage where Peter was sitting at a fire when he denied the Lord three times it's the same word but this is in John chapter 21 this is after the resurrection and and the Lord is there on the side of the sea and the Bible says that There's a fire with burning coals, and there's some fish on it, and there's some bread, and Jesus is cooking breakfast, and Jesus in verse 10 says, bring some of the fish you have that you've caught, and verse 11 says that Simon Peter, he was so excited that he climbed overboard, and he dragged the net ashore all by himself. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not even torn, and Jesus, here it is in verse 12, he says, hey, fellas, come and have breakfast. Can you imagine working all night long and not catching a, not not even catching a minnow? And Jesus says, Hey, fellas, throw your net on the other side of the net. Oh, we've done all that. Just try it. They do it. They catch so many fish. And they come ashore. Jesus has a fire going. The wood is crackling and the flames are flickering and the sparks are flying and the food is cooking and the bread is fresh and the aroma of the fish and the breakfast and the fire. And the only thing missing is a curry coffee machine. And Jesus says, come and have breakfast. This is better than Denny's. It's better than Cracker Barrel or Waffle House. This is not IHOP, the International House of Pancakes. This is J-HOP, Jesus' house of pancakes. But that's not the story. The story is what happens next. In the next three verses, when they had finished eating, Jesus turns to Simon Peter, Simon son of John, do you truly love me more than everything else? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Verse 16, again, he just said these words. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? Yes, he answered, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Simon, take care of my sheep. And verse 17, the third time, see, Peter, his number was three, wasn't it? The third time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had to ask him the third time, Do you love me? But he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, Then feed my sheep. I'm not sure that Peter, because everything goes over his head, that he even knew what Jesus was doing here, but I think it's pretty obvious to us. Number one, write this down. We'll go through this fast. This was a counterbalance to the three times that Peter had denied the Lord. You can't help but see the fire. Peter, at his lowest point, denies the Lord three times. I don't know you. I don't know him. I'm not, a, I'm not one of them. I don't know what you're talking about. To after the resurrection, where Jesus has a fire going, he brings Peter up on that shore, not once, not twice, twice but three times, once for every one of the denials, Jesus gives Peter an opportunity to express his love back to Jesus. I think that's called grace. The truth is that God knows all things. You know, we've been told that the government keeps track of where everything we do via technology, cell phone companies, Facebook, They know what you're doing. They know where you are. They know what. I've been in my car just talking about some shoe. And the next time I get on Facebook, there's an advertisement for that shoe. And they say that you can actually, when you come to church, like you don't want the government to know you came to church. So you like turn your phone off and like leave it out in the car. They still know you're here because not the government, telephone companies, Even though your phone is turned off, it's still sending out signals. They know where you are. And some of you are like, oh, I don't want anybody to know where I am. Listen, God knows where you are because God knows all things. And here's the point. Write this down. God loves you and cares for you no matter where you are, where you're going, no matter how many times you've cursed and denied him, he still loves you. It doesn't matter how far. Listen. It doesn't matter how far you've fallen. It doesn't matter how steep into sin you go. It doesn't matter how long you keep your back towards God. God will continue to pursue you. He will continue to love you. He will continue to desire you. The Bible says that all of the days of our lives were numbered before one of them came to be. God had already written down your life. He knew every day of your life both your good times and your bad times that means that doesn't mean your good days where you're happy and your bad days where you're sad it means the good days when you're following the Lord and your bad days when you're not following the Lord and yet he still sent Jesus to die on that cross because he loves you so much that's called grace that's what I see in this story that God is never ever 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 going to give
0: up on you Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. I'm Kyle Welch, thanking you for joining us. We'll be back again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.